Hi everyone, my name is Bill Mulcahy and I am the host of Dental Revenue Live, Dental Revenue's new educational podcast. For those of you that don't know me, I am the Vice President here at Dental Revenue. Through this amazing company, I have been consulting to dentists for nearly nine years and consulting in sales and marketing for over 18 years. Since this is our first podcast, I am very excited that you joined us today. This podcast is for you, the dentist, the office manager, the front desk staff. This is not to sell you dental revenue services. This is merely a forum to introduce you to industry leaders and to discuss topics that have traditionally been important to the dentists we work with. We hope this podcast will provide you with great information that gives insight and helps your practice learn from our experiences, specifically our successes and failures. For our first topic, we will be discussing phone skills. We decided to call this episode Convert More Dental Calls Advice from an Industry Great because we are fortunate enough to have a true industry great joining us today. Please let me introduce Larry Gazzardo. For those of you that don't know Larry, he is a man of many talents. He is an independent practice consultant, head instructor of the All-Star Dental Academy, an industry leader in phone scheduling and management training, Those of you that have had the pleasure of spending time with Larry might even consider him an amateur comedian. Honestly, guys, I've known Larry for nearly 10 years. I consider him a friend, and you will not find a nicer, more respected voice in the industry. Thank you very much for being the first guest of Dental Revenue Live, and I really look forward to our conversation. How you doing today? (laughs) Very good, and you're very welcome. And uh... I've been called a lot of things in my career, but an amateur comedian has not not been one of them. Uh, but I'm glad that you would think that I can be amusing from time to time. Well, I I, I tell you, um, some of the the video uh, footage that you put together just has been some of the funniest things I've seen in the industry. I think we'll have to share a couple of the links so people can uh, judge for themselves. But it's uh, great great stuff. So. Um, you know, I gave uh, I, I gave you an intro, obviously, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Well, you know, um, I am a independent practice management consultant. Um, I work exclusively with dentists and their teams, and um, I've uh, been doing this for the last. Well, actually, it, this year will be my 25th year, believe it or not, of of having my own independent consulting company. So um, I've been doing this for quite some time, but I do it because of how much I enjoy working with dentists. And, and I'm glad that I selected that, that niche to work with uh, because it's just been a, a really good career. But I, to get more to your point, in my consulting, I've learned that busy is not always productive and that yeah. the clients that I work with realize that, hey, I'm, I'm getting really busy. Uh, my overhead is rising. Um, there's not enough time in the day and I'm not at the end of my career. And, and, and I think that there's room for growth, but I don't know how to do it because I don't want to be any busier. You know, I, I want a lifestyle along with my, my practice style. So I really focus with dentists on, on getting their practice productive. You know, if I could just get into a nutshell here, I want them to be productive and cut back down on the busyness. And so that's why I'm very particular about the way the phone gets answered. So we attract the right kind of patients into our practice. Um, I'm also particular about the way that they market 
their practice because a lot of, well, just put it this way, marketing works. Um, often it just works with the wrong types of individuals. So we end up getting really, really busy, but not necessarily more productive. And, and we all know in dentistry, the busier you get, the higher your overhead. So it becomes a big vicious cycle. So I, I work with clients on, on getting it back to where they want to go. And, and so they can see the types of patients and do the types of procedures that they want to get done. And as far as the call training and how you got um, sort of involved with All-Star, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about that whole uh, history? Well, I got involved in All-Star pretty much the same way we're getting involved here. Um, Alex and Heather Nottingham, who are my partners in that business, um, saw me at a dental meeting and wanted me to be on a webinar that they they were hosting. And I'm always willing to talk to anybody who's willing to talk to me. So I, I wanted to see who they were. So I got on the internet to find out who these folks were. And I realized that they had this fantastic website, yet not any content. And I knew I had lots of content. So I, I spoke with the two of them saying that I was interested in, um, doing the webinar for them because uh, they would do webinars with with industry experts and they would use that to draw people to their website. But I noticed the website really didn't have a lot of content. And so I told yeah. them, I said, look, I will do the webinar for you. I'll do that. But I want to talk to you about um, getting content on the Internet. And so that's what all started. We decided on, you know, phone skills training and scheduling was our, our two primary courses. And so actually that that's how it all started. Great. No, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. And, and so before we get started, you know, I told everybody you're, a, a, in my opinion, an amateur comedian. Um, but uh, but on a less serious side, why don't you tell us a fun fact about you, uh, about yourself that our listeners should know before we get started? Um, you know, I a lot of times I I'll joke that I'm I'm a nerd, and so I I think I'll get my nerd card right here. When when I was in high school, when I was in high school, I, and I can't remember if it was for a science project or or exactly why we had to do this, but I know we had to. Um, we we did this project where we tried to help people guess what flavor um, of a Fruit Loop you're eating. And was it influenced by the color of the Fruit Loop that you were having? Because they're green, they're red, they're orange, uh, they're yellow. Yeah. They have all different color Fruit Loops. But if you saw the color, would it influence what you thought the flavor was? Well, guess what we found out? What? Fruit Loops do not have a. They don't have a flavor. <laughs> they don't have. Although some people did think that it was orange or it was lime or it was lemon. But the reality is they're Fruit Loops. What we found out was Fruit Loops are colored, but they are not flavored. Uh, if they do have a flavor, it's all the exactly the same flavor. So well, thanks for <laughs> a little, little, little scientist, you know, a uh, little fun fact there is we found out when I was in high school that uh, Fruit Loops don't have a flavor or don't have a fruity flavor. Well, you know, thanks to my interviewing technique here, I think, uh, we're providing our, our listeners with more than they bargained for. Uh, in, in addition to phone skills training um, and some ideas with that, uh, now they know that Fruit Loops don't have a flavor. So <laughs> thanks, Larry. <laughs> I hate to break it to folks, but they, they have their own flavor, but it, none of it's fruit. Uh, 
Oh, well, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, all right. So let's get into our topic. Um, I mean, in your opinion, why is answering the phone effectively so important for a dental practice? Well, it's it's become so important because um, as the years have gone by and the fact that people just have their own phones, you know, and people use their own phones and uh, we're not usually in areas where people are just going to stop into your practice uh, and take a tour for themselves or, or, or anything like that. So the phone, we all know, has become, for most people, their primary source of communication. And it's simple. It's not like years ago where, you know, using the phone required you getting into, you know, I have to go home. I have to sit down in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like you have to plan it. Uh, maybe you had yeah. brothers and sisters where they were on the phone and you had to wait your turn. My, my point is, is that because of the, the mobile phone, everybody has a phone. And so people can call yeah. you anytime that they want. So it's, it's created challenges for us because um, people don't prepare themselves to call your office. They just call. I would yeah, say years yeah. ago, people thought about calling your office, meaning they, they not only planned when they were going to call, but they also planned what they were going to ask. And today they yeah. don't do that. Today they call and bombard you with questions. Yeah, so now it's more of like everything's on a whim where where there's five minutes. I got five minutes now to take care of this thing on my to-do list and they end up calling the office. Exactly. And that five minutes to do this may be while they're walking down the aisle at a grocery store. They may be um, at a fast food restaurant, you know, in, in the in the drive through lane. You know, uh, it may be after they picked up their kids from school and the kids are screaming in the background. My My point is, is that they do it when they're ready and they don't get ready. And so they don't give a lot of thought to calling the office and they don't give a lot of thought to what they will ask. And that's where our challenges come from. Yeah, and that puts a lot of responsibility on the practice it, it itself, especially the person answering the phone because they're dealing with a situation in which they have to provide as much education as they, you, you know, probably the, as they do anything else because of the nature of how they're calling in. Exactly, because, well, again, if I go back to years ago, you probably were referred by somebody who told you to go to this office. And so when you called, you were like, okay, I'd like to be a, a patient here. Tell me what I have to do. And so the caller put themselves in the listening mode. Today, and probably because of the internet and how easy it is for people to look things up, today people think they know more than you do. And so yeah. that creates yeah. challenges because they're not listening to us anymore. They are doing all the talking and that's what's yeah. getting us into trouble. And so that's why phone skills today are so vitally important because there's a distinct challenge there for everybody. And it's mostly because of demographics. People are different about the phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, that brings me into some interesting things. I was looking on the All-Star website and there's some really powerful statistics. Um, one of the ones I saw is if you take an industry average of $5,000 for the annual value of a patient, just one missed opportunity per month can cost the practice $60,000 in revenue a year. I mean, can you explain kind of how that all ties into the listeners? Well, it, it, it ties in because um, 
if if one if one caller is worth let, let's say one patient could be worth a potential of five thousand dollars you have to start asking yourself well how many patients do i need to generate the amount of revenue uh that i have to produce you know to pay bills and give raises and buy new equipment yeah. and marketing and, and things like that so if if we're losing phone calls meaning we're not answering them properly and we're not converting these callers to new patients then it ups the number of new patients that you have to get and so then it starts to create a lot of busyness in your practice because you're upping the numbers of callers but we know the, the when you when you do something to increase, to just increase the number of callers, you also increase the number of people who are just sort of kicking the tire. You know, they yeah. think they might want to come to your office, but they're really not certain. And so yeah. those people actually have to be convinced on the phone that they should come to your office. And and, and all of this takes time. And so, and yeah. so that's where it relates back to, you know, we've got to make the best of every call that we get. Yeah, and and you know, for some of the dentists that that we work with at, at Dental Revenue, and I know that that you guys um, work with as well, you know, it's not just the new patient that they value. Preferably, they want a patient that is interested in a more complex service or 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 something that they can do that goes beyond you know the average patient. So then, phone skills probably become even more important, wouldn't you say? Well, it does, because if I just go back to the busyness factor, the, the more times you have to answer the phone, the the less time you'll think you have to talk to those patients. And if you're trying yeah. to attract patients who want more comprehensive care, they're looking for more time from you. And if they're yeah. going to feel rushed on the phone, well, they're just going to call the next guy that they hear about or that they get on an internet search because the comprehensive care patient wants their questions answered. They want time with the person, uh, time with the doctor. And if they don't sense that they're going to get it, you're, you're going to have a very difficult time converting that that caller. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think this is a, a, a really good framing of what we're going to talk talk about today because, you know, these statistics really can point to the impact it, it, it can have on the practice, either in a positive way or a negative way. So, you know, one of the other things I, I, I saw on the website was information about broken appointments. You know, they, they put a value to, together with the, the patient but it was more in a negative way. So, so, so when you talk about a broken appointment, um, uh, just one a month can cost the practice almost thirty thousand dollars in revenue a year. I mean, I think that's really fascinating, and and I don't think a lot of dentists tie broken appointments into phone skills. So, so can you kind of you know connect those dots and tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I, I think that you're making a good point there because they don't realize that the majority of broken appointments that an office will get, the patient actually does call the office. Um, there's, a, there's another minority of patients who just don't show up, but that's very, very few. Most broken appointments or even changed appointments, they come over the telephone. Um, most changes come when we contact the patient about their upcoming appointment or they'll call to say that they can't make it today. I mean, most people will do that. So if we don't have the skills to be able to talk to this person so that maybe we can get them to keep that appointment, 
it gets enormously expensive for the practice. And the doctor only sees, you know, like the net effect of broken appointments. And what I mean by that is often the dentist doesn't realize how often the business office is able to get somebody to keep the appointment that they had scheduled. They only see the number of openings, um, you know, that are left maybe at the end of the week or the end of the month. But to, to bring your point um, full circle, you know, I've calculated through my own research that if the doctor only had one broken appointment a week, just one a week, you know, and many people would listen to this and roll their eyes like just one. But let's just say the doctor had one broken appointment a week. And and if the hygienist had just two. So that that yeah. equals like half of a broken appointment a day. You know, if that's all the hygienist had. Yep. That would equal about thirty six thousand four hundred dollars in wow. lost revenue for the practice, meaning money that they could never realize because the, the time went away and the appointment didn't get open. You know, so so that's $36,400. But what the staff tends to forget about is that, you know, the doctor should have a, a, a budget for all their expenses, which includes their salaries. And so yeah. out of that $36,000, you know, when I'm putting budgets together for clients, I'm saying, well, look, your salary expenditure should be 20% of what you collect. And then we add taxes and fringe benefits on top of that. But what you pay yeah. your people is 20%. So let's go, Bill, let's go back to that $36,400. $36,400, yeah. if my math is right, 20% of that is about $7,200. For the staff, yeah. meaning that $7,200 that the dentist doesn't have available to share with the staff. Because if a doctor called me, and I know I'm asking for blind faith here, because uh, not yeah. everybody knows me, but if somebody called me and said, hey, it's in the budget, and our salaries are less than 20%, and I'd like to give the staff this $7,200, what do you think? I would say, well, if it's in the budget, I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. for spending outside of the budget. And I know the government doesn't understand what I just said, but for <laughs> a business owner, for a business owner uh, if it's in the budget, I'm all for spending it. So if I took that 780, I'm sorry, $7,280 and I divided it by a typical staff of five, that's like $1,456 per person that I would tell the dentist, if you wanted to write a check to each one of your employees for $1,456, go right ahead. So my point yeah. here is it's not, it's not just revenue that we're losing in the practice, it's revenue that's actually getting stolen out of our pockets, you know? Uh, yeah, and I don't know yeah. about you, but if somebody said, hey, Larry, could you, would you like an extra $1,456? I, I would not turn that down. No, no, not at all. Right? And if um, I could look at a right. staff member and say, you guys did a really great job converting calls and, and keeping people in their appointments. I, I have some extra money that I wasn't, you know, planning on. And here it is yeah. for you. Yeah. So, so there's something well, for everybody. Now that we have the alarm sounded with all of our li listeners here and they're going, oh, my goodness. I, you know, I, I, I really hadn't even thought of it like that. I mean, let's start to get into the identification of a, a of a problem. I mean, I think sometimes dentists assume that everything's okay if they're busy, 
Um, but then when the practice slows down, they start asking themselves why. I mean, you know, a lot of times when we're working with clients and we're listening to their calls and we're helping guide them through the marketing process, we identify some of this. But how, how can a practice tell if they have a problem? Well, a, a good way that they can look at is look at the number of calls that are coming in. Like, like for instance, if they are using one of your sites or a, or a site like yours where they get that call analysis and they could see all the calls that are coming in from new patients, it's easy to look and see like, well, how many new patient calls did we get? And then how many appointments do we have? You know, yeah. so they can yeah. start to monitor it, it that way. There's other ways that they can monitor it as well. Like I'm always looking at like how many times does the call not get answered? Uh, and of course, yeah. I'm looking at times when we're open. If they call at two in the morning, that's different. But if they're calling yeah. between nine, nine to five or, or eight to four, whatever your business hours are, I'll look to see how many times did somebody call and they had to leave a message. Or maybe they called mm -hmm. and they didn't leave a message and, and I don't, you know what I mean? They, and they called on that new patient number. So so they could start looking at their own dashboard to look at the number of calls that come in, um, how many are getting answered, and then how many of them are actually getting converted. I mean, it's all right there for them, so it's easy to do. Yeah, and I mean, one thing I'll add, add to that, that, that um, you know, just through us, being part of, of these practices marketing is is when we listen to a, a segment of calls and we start to compare one dentist through um, to another throughout the country, you know, a good kind of benchmark has always been about 35% of the incoming calls, especially from, from the website or marketing, should be converted into in, in, into an appointment or leave. So, so, you know, when you're listening, when a dentist is listening to these calls and kind of getting an understanding of, okay, are we doing a good job or not, to have a comparison to say, okay, you know, the people seem like they're doing a good job on the uh, on the phone, but how do we compare to other dentists? I think 30, 30 to 35% is probably a good number to, to, to start to work backwards from. So that, that um, probably is a good number. I know for, you know, in my wife's office and, and some people who do know me know um, uh, my wife is a physician and she yeah. has a fee for service practice. And so it, it means that it has to be marketed. And and I think some of them know that we, we use dental revenue and, and have right from the beginning there, but it really helped her practice attract callers. And, and I think her conversion ratio is probably even higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, a lot of it comes down to the experience of the person on the phone. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of different levels that we'll start to explore here in the, the next few kind of questions I'll have for you. But, but, you know, training is a, a big part of what, what can be done. And, and if you want to get these, these uh, conversion numbers up, investing in your staff, investing in the time it takes to monitor you know what they're doing investing in in the awareness of of knowing what's going going on it are all big factors in helping you get this this, this improvement and getting you know to the the point of, of some of these better practices out there and practices like your your wife's practice so so you know great point there as well um so you know what would you suggest a good action plan would be for a dentist who maybe is listening to this this podcast and 
and and wants to start kind of reviewing calls and having a better understanding of of what his staff is doing and what they're capable of. Well, ab- absent of any specific training, because we we do know the organizations out there that are known for good communication and and good communi- I'm sorry, good communication skills and good customer service. If we look at organizations like you know like Disney, you know everybody mm-hmm. knows. They're, even if they've never been there, they just know there's something magical must go on there because so many yeah. people say such good things and they have such a great reputation. So there, there is a, a communication technique that their employees are trained on. So absent your staff having any kind of, of technique, um, like they train in those organizations or like we train at, at, at All Star, I would just listen to calls to determine, hey, how, how friendly do we sound? You know, and and how eager do we sound to answer questions? You know, I I would start start with that. Um, a lot of people are very very friendly on the phone. It's very rare when I hear a call and I say to myself, "Whoa, she's just downright rude." You know, that is a nasty person, and we need to get them off the phone. Most of the yeah. time, most of the time, I I feel like the person is friendly. But what they lack is this eagerness to provide information. I think they forget. They forget that people do not know what to ask us, nor do they expect to have to know what to ask us. That's why the the burden is all on our shoulders to make sure that we control this phone call. Because some of the worst calls I've ever heard is a patient calls and says, I'd like to make an appointment. You know, are you taking new patients? And the person on the other end of the line goes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, uh, we, we've definitely heard those, those in the past. And I mean, one of the things that, I, that I'll say, you know, kind of to go along with, with, with what you're saying here is, is I, I, I really, you know, it doesn't take necessarily your calls being tracked to listen to the call. You know, and it, it's ideal that, you know, they, they have a tracked phone number and that they have access to a dashboard that they can listen to the call. But it could be as simple as just, you know, sit by the, um, spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes sitting by the front desk and, and listening to how the, the calls are being answered. I mean, one of the things you guys talk about is is rapport and tone and, and being able to really establish a connection with, with the person calling in. I mean, even on a one-sided uh, part of the phone call, you can kind of get a sense with how good or or not good somebody is at doing this so so you know i think getting that that uh, an awareness is probably that first step would you agree i i would agree and then i would develop some kind of technique i would have some kind of an outline you know how is it that we should be answering the phone from the way that we greet patients to developing rapport you know how we engage with them and talk about our appointment and then you know take down notes and, and things like that um Sitting next to them probably would wig most people out, you know, because yeah, they yeah. don't like the idea. Uh, quite honestly, I like the kind of call tracking that you can do through like sites like yours. Um, I know yeah. for the clients that I work with that have that type of service, instead of me listening on the other end of the line or worse, you know, calling yeah. and acting like I'm a patient to try to trick them into making a mistake or something. Um, yeah, it's yeah. probably the worst way that I can think to try to teach somebody. The best way is to actually listen to an actual phone call. 
And so that yeah. way you can hear the challenges that you're getting from the patient. And that's where you can start to recognize, here's the missed opportunity. You yeah. know, like, aha, yeah. I see where you missed it, where you didn't take control of the conversation, or maybe you never engaged, you you answered the question, but it really wasn't what they meant. And, you know, we didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this leads to kind of the, the you know, question that, that a lot of people are probably think, asking themselves. I mean, let's assume now that they're, maybe they've already heard some of the calls that, that have come into practice and, and, and they kind of know that there's a problem. We talked about kind of what to do first. You know, we have to establish kind of a, a baseline criteria for how we want the phone answered. But if you had to put a process together, maybe it includes training immediately, maybe it doesn't, but how do we get from we're terrible at this to now, you know, we're, we're pretty good at this. How, take me through your thought process on, on, on what you would suggest they do. It, it, it is gonna, it's going to take specific training. Um, it's, it's, to me, it would be a myth to think that you can just hire somebody who already has all these skills. Yeah. And even if they've had a lot of training in another office, um, it mm-hmm. may not be the kind of training that, that you need, you know, cause a lot of yeah. training today just says, don't talk to patients, just get them in here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what we found at, at all star is that when you just try to get them into the office, uh, yeah, they, they show up, but now they don't have anything to expect. You know, they're, they were thinking it was going to be like the last office they went to. And, and perhaps you do things differently there than, you know, what they were expecting. So it creates a lot of problems. You know, we don't want to just get them in the office. We want them coming into the office um, with an expectation of what it will be like when they get there. Because when, when people have an expectation of what it'll be like, they begin to get curious. And when they become curious, that's when they commit. So that's a person yeah. who's going to show up. But a committed person also remembers the details of the appointment, like showing up on time and completing their patient registration and health history and bringing x-rays if they have to. Um, so there's an order to the way that you do that. So to get more specific with your question, I would tell the dentists who are listening, I don't care who your staff is and I don't care what their level of experience is, they need some one-on-one training from you uh, and if you don't have the training, then obviously you need to get it or get somebody who can provide it for you. But they need one-on-one training about how to specifically talk to patients in your practice. And so yeah. you, you've got to lay that out. And it doesn't take a lot. You know, we find that it's about 20 minutes a week. Uh, uh, the person can learn very, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, that, that speaks to an interesting point because you know, we're not necessarily suggesting, hey, you, every dentist out there needs to go out and invest in, in a professional trainer to train their staff, but no. somebody needs to train them, I think. Is, somebody is, needs is, to do it. it. It could even be another staff member, but I wouldn't just tell that person, well, go ahead, there's the phone, you can answer it, because they're yep. going to develop bad habits or they're going to bring in bad habits from other offices. We all know just from using the wrong tone of voice that you could accidentally send the wrong message and and have not meant to. So so I think as far as getting started is, number one, know how you want the phone answered in your practice and then, you know, give your team member an outline to follow 
you know, here's the technique. This is this is the order that I want you to do things. Um, and then if I can get very, very specific, I would say train them, train them to resist the urge to answer questions too quickly. You yeah. know, because somebody yeah. said, do you take whatever insurance? And what if you don't take that plan? Oh boy, you're in trouble. So, yeah. so there's a technique that you use because just because you're not participating with a certain plan doesn't mean that the patient can't come to your office. But if you've already told them, no, we don't take your plan, they probably already hung up and you're yeah. sitting at the other end of the line thinking, well, you know, you might've liked me if you would have given me the chance. And I guess yeah. that's the point I would want everybody to hang on to is that, yep, yeah, you're right. They probably would have liked you if they would have given you the chance, except they don't. They don't yeah. give you the chance. You create it. That's your technique. If you have the right technique, you create the opportunity to find out what yeah. the patient is really looking for. The, the joke I always make is the patient calls and says, hey, I'm a new patient. I'm wondering if you're open on Sunday. And you're thinking like, oh, shoot, I can't, if I answer this question, hopefully people who are listening are not open on Sunday. Um, yeah, but my yeah. point is, is chances are, if you answer that question, you're, you're just going to get a hang up. And so, yeah. so the technique is still the same. It's just like, I know they asked you a question, but work with me here for a little bit. It's sort of like, you know what? Sounds like you're a new patient and we like working with them. And this is really great that you called. You know what I mean? Like slow them down a little bit, greet them. Don't get right into answering the question. Matter of fact, you don't want to answer that question because you know you're going to get a hang up, you know? Yeah. And then and then the person sitting next to you is going to go, who is that? And say, oh, that was somebody who wanted to know if we're open on Sunday. Oh, no, we're not open on Sunday. That's a good thing she hung up on you, you know? Because our brain has a way of, of rationalizing why it was okay to lose that patient. But my, my point here is somebody calls and asks a question. You don't have to answer it right away but you do have to have a technique that leads them to believe that they're going to get their question answered. And so this happens very, very quickly when, when people call, are you open on Sunday? Well, gosh, if you're a new patient, this is fantastic. Cause you know, we like working with new patients and I'm wondering if there's anybody that we could thank for telling you uh, about our office and say, yeah, Mrs. Jones told me about your office. She said it would be okay to give me a call and wasn't certain, but maybe you're open on Sunday. And it's like, well, you know, I can I can answer that that question for you. And matter of fact, I think it's great that Mrs. Jones would have told you about our office. I'll I'll be sure to thank her next time I see her. Again, you want to develop some rapport, and yep. you you develop rapport when you acknowledge the referral source, even if it was the internet. I I saw you you know from your website. Say, well, that's fantastic. Yep. Lots of people see us on on our website and give us a call. So I'm, I'm glad that you you did. So what you're doing is is you're getting the patient to kind of like you a little bit, feel more comfortable, slow down. Now tell me this thing about Sunday. I still don't answer yeah. the question. Tell me yeah, what's the yeah. thing about you want to come and see us on a Sunday. You know, because yeah. remember the first part of it probably will only take like you know 10 seconds. You know, yeah. And so you're you're very quickly getting into it. What's the big deal about Sunday? And say, well, I yeah. work during the week, and I don't want to have to take time off of work to come to your, you know, to come to the dental office. And say, oh, I know what that's like. Well, I'm wondering what what hours do you work? I mean, again, I'm still not answering the question, but I'm now yeah. engaging with this patient. What what are the hours that you work? Well, yeah. I I work the ten to six shift, you know, every day. 
and say, oh, you work the 10 to 6, 10 to 6 shift because, you know, we start seeing patients at 8 o'clock. And so I'm wondering yeah. if we had an 8 o'clock appointment available, if that would work for you. And the patient's like, oh, 8 o'clock would be great. And then I don't have to take off. Uh, to, you know, I can still go to church on Sunday and, and I don't yeah. you know, have to take a time off of work and say, no, is that something that would be helpful for you? Bill, yeah, I'm just giving that example of how many times do you hear the phone get hung up because they answered that question? Yeah, no, and, and, and I think probably the, the listeners are saying, well, you know, um, we're, we're not open on Sunday, but, but I think the extreme example of, of using that gives the example of how to, to apply it to any question that, 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 that's answered because it's really to, to the point of, of what is the actual point of pain that you can resolve for them. And if you can identify that before you answer the question, you can then convert those at a much higher level. So, so I, I think that's great. That's great stuff. Yes. And so, and so the technique is, you know, that we teach at All Star is like you greet them to slow them down and get them to pause because they're rushing through all of this. Um, we develop a little bit of rapport because we know rapport helps the patient become more flexible and we need them to be more flexible. You know yep. what I mean? To accept what we're having to say. If they're rigid, oh, not open on Sunday, I got to go. But in reality, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not really wanted anyway. And then we engage with the patient by asking more questions. Tell me more about coming in on Sunday. This is kind of interesting to me. Well, then he explained he was working and, and so on and so forth. And then we could follow up with, well, we're open these hours. I'm wondering if that would work better for you. Well, gosh, that's great. Yeah. Now we can talk about the appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, so so Larry, just just to kind of kind of um, move on to the next thing that's popping into my head out of this visual, right? And 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 in discussing this with Dennis and having you know all these conversations over the years with with Dennis about you know training. I can just see people saying, oh, I tried. I tried to train my staff. I sat with them. Nobody listened to me. Um, I just don't have have people that are good on, on the phones. I mean, how, what, what would you say about talent, I guess, phone talent naturally good on the phone versus training? And, and what about the dentists that, that are having issues sort of getting through their staff? I mean, where do they go from there? Well, I, I think, first of all, the, the doctor is the person who is in charge of what image the staff should project to the community. And if you think about any well-run organization, whether it be Disney, whether it be McDonald's, Nordstrom, Macy's, I don't care where you go, they all have an image that they want to project to the community. And the leaders of the organization are responsible for making sure that you know, that image is always projected. So they they definitely have to set that tone. But my experience is this is these are skills that literally anybody can learn. Um, oh, sure. It, it seems like, oh, well, it would be easier if this person was already a, like a chatty Kathy, you know, if they kind of had mm -hmm. that type of personality style. And, and yep, I'll agree that it is easier for those people, but it doesn't mean that if you have just a real good long term steady person working at the desk and you don't want to have to replace this person. Even a person who, you know, isn't overly exuberant can still excel at these skills because what I would say to this person is, hey, we are struggling for getting new patients. We are struggling with our overall productivity. 
you know, many of the areas that we identified were how how we're projecting an image of helpfulness and customer service over the telephone. And so we have some skills that we want to teach you because we know that you're capable of doing this. So I would convey that I'm very confident that you can learn this. You don't have to be like a cheerleader to do well at it. Because yeah. remember I said earlier, you just have to train yourself not to answer those questions as quickly as you're asked. That has nothing to do with personality style, if, if I'm making yeah. any sense to you. Oh, no, no, it makes perfect sense. I mean, one of the things that, that, that you know, really is, is interesting to me when you, when, when you start to develop relationships with dentists and you start to understand their office dynamics and, and really see what's going on is, is, you know, I think a lot of people will acknowledge, um, you know, now that marketing is an important part of what they do and the type of dentistry and the training and the, the technology that they have in their office is an important part of what makes their their practice uh, unique and, and different. But I think people tend to miss the connection of the dots with how their staff is answering the phone, especially when people are first introduced to the practice, to the marketing or referrals or, or how, however, um what you know how important that introduction is and, yes and no yeah. what i was going to say here is because what they're confusing is um they're confusing what they say with a technique that is designed to help the patient hear you better you see most people i would agree are very friendly that's not their problem it's the technique yeah. that they use to get the patient to be able to hear and, and maybe even see their side. Um, this is why we don't like scripting. And it's why I don't yeah. like scripting because scripting got in the way of actually just listening to the patient. Um, if you think of organizations like Disney, I mean, there's 80,000 people who work there. They can't teach 80,000 people what to say, but yes, yeah. they can give them a technique and say, we don't really care what you say, but we care how you say it. And so the great call process, like we teach at All Star, it's something that anybody can do, and it's not driven by personality. So mm -hmm. to me, it would be insulting to tell any staff member who's listening, too bad for you, you can't learn this, you know? <laughs> I would yeah, say that yeah. anybody, anybody who wanted to could learn the technique and they could do it their own way. To me, that's the beauty of what we're doing. You don't have to change your personality style. You don't. I love it. I love it. Um, so, so I, I think it's pretty clear to the listeners now that that you know answering the phone properly is extremely important. I mean, in your experience, it, you know, I have a number in my head, but what percentage of dentists do you think choose um, to make sure their phone is being answered answered properly? I mean, or is this even on a lot of people's radar? You know, I don't I don't think it's on many people's radar, sadly. Um, they don't give it enough thought at all. Um, and I think it's because the doctors, you know, behind the chair clinically and they're busy with what they're doing, treatment planning or, you know, designing crowns or whatever it is. And, and they don't realize how often the phone is ringing or they don't really realize what anybody's actually saying to the patient because they've never audited any of those calls. Um, and so, so they may think there's, there's not a need for training um, when in reality, I think it's all the way that it's introduced um, because yeah. I, I know Disney, I know Delta Airlines, I know Nordstrom. 
they put their people through an enormous amount of training before they're ever, ever, ever allowed to talk to a customer. Yeah, Whereas, and, I think you know, that, and I think that speaks to some of the things that, that are discussed on your site, you know, with, with why people don't, don't uh, embrace training and, you know, staff resistance is, is a big thing that's mentioned. And I, I, I talk with Dennis a lot and, you know, just, just the lack of quality training out there. I mean, why don't you talk a little bit about how those, the, those can be sort of uh, overcome, so to speak. Well, recall, I said earlier that it's, it's up to the doctor to determine what the image would be, you know, that we yeah. want to be known for good customer service, good communication skills for, for being helpful. What I think happens, or actually what I know happens in a lot of offices is it's presented to the staff member, you don't do this right, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And all I can equate that to would be if I were a housekeeper and I wanted to apply at the Ritz-Carlton, and yep. if they looked at me and they said, well, Larry, you're really kind of a low-class kind of person. I mean, this is the Ritz, but you're pretty low-class. You, you get what <laughs> I'm saying? How yeah, interested yeah, yeah. would I be in wanting to learn what the Ritz-Carlton does, even as housekeepers, to make people feel like this is the best customer service ever? I don't think they yeah. start by saying, you know, you're not right. You're not right for this job. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think they yeah. say, hey, we can teach you. We have a process yeah. for changing over rooms and greeting guests, and it makes them feel wonderful, and they're going to love you, and you're going to be good at it. So I think encouraging them. Um, helps a lot. And then the second thing is make time, you know, all too yeah. often in dentistry, we're just kind of thrown to the wolves. Oh, the phone is ringing. Pick it up. Oop, you're just starting. Don't put down your purse. You got a, a patient here in room one. Yeah. Get, get over there and turn that room over. We're doing a root canal, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, so they don't commit to any kind of training. They think it takes time, but what they forget about is the, the time that they go through the stress of a person who's not up to snuff in the way that they do their job. And, yeah. and this is something yeah. that is, is teachable. It is teachable. It is not personality driven. That's great. That's great. Now, I mean, I, I, I have this, this, another image in my head, you know, of, of, of just the dentist sitting out there going, oh, you know, this is exactly me. This sounds like something that's very unique. And I think, you know, there's real tendency out there, especially with the dentists that that we talk to, to believe that if they have a problem, that they're they're alone and that it's kind of overwhelming. Um, you know, I would say to dentists that may be thinking that 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 you know, to some extent, all dentists have to face this issue in in one way or another. Wouldn't you agree? Agree? I, I do, and you know, you we've been talking about this as like solely relating to phone skills, but really what we're talking about are communication skills. And so yeah. even for the dentist, I would say, you know, you you ought to learn this as well, just like you need to learn how your computer system works. Otherwise, you're always a victim to what your staff says the system can do. And that may or may not be true, but if you don't know, then you just have to follow it. So sometimes I tell dentists, you know what, sometimes you have to pick up the phone yourself you know, yeah. and, and yeah. kind of go yeah. through it. But you also have to learn the technique. It's a technique. It's not a script. So you don't have to memorize anything. You just have to follow the outline. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. And, and so let, 
So let me kind of bring things full circle and 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 give Dennis some some sort of takeaway because I know like when when we've gone through this, we talked about you know why it's important and kind of what to do and what to be listening for and different options they could consider from from a training standpoint. So let's give you know our listeners something to kind of take away. I mean, give me some examples. I mean, not word for word a specific call but you know what's the characteristic of some of the best calls you've heard and 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 why do you think they're the best call the 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 best calls are ones that get the patient to stop and listen to you and so what i mean by that is they always start with a warm greeting and don't confuse that with uh, hello doctor's office you know how could i help you that's like your salutation I'm talking about the greeting when the person stops and says, oh, thank you so much for giving us a call. We really enjoy, you know, working with new patients. So this, you, you've called the right place. Uh, the yeah. very best calls start with a greeting. And I will tell you that when I listen to calls, when I audit them, probably 99% of the time that is totally overlooked. And to me, yeah. it's like if you knocked on the door of my house and I walked to the door because you know, the doorbell rang. So that was the salutation. And all I did was open the door for you. And then I turned around and walked the other way, leaving you there to assume, should I follow you? If you could picture what I just did. Yeah. Nobody, nobody would let somebody come to their house, ring the doorbell, and then just have you open the door and, and walk away from it. You would greet yeah. the person. Hey, Bill, it's good to see you. The game's yeah, about yeah. to start. Come on in. You get what I'm yeah. saying? You would greet yeah, that person. Great. And so yeah. it's the same thing that you would do on the phone is develop a warm greeting. You know, I know what I like to say, but you could say whatever you want, but there has to be a that greeting there. And then I would say that you do want to grab control of the conversation because people today think they know more than you do. So yeah. it, it's, it's kind of a trap. I see a lot of staff members getting caught into it because the patient calls and says, are you taking new patients? I want to come in on Sunday, but has your doctor ever been arrested? Do you guys ever treat dogs? <laughs> Are hygienists nice? You know what I mean? Like they just bombard yeah. them with questions. Yeah. And I believe that that has to do with the fact that people aren't prepared to call and they never thought about what they wanted to ask. And we're using not forthcoming because we, a person says, are you taking new patients? Yes. And then there's like crickets. And so somebody's yeah, going to jump yeah. into that void. It's usually the patient because they're more nervous than you are. And then they start with this barrage of questions. And then you try to answer all of them. The call makes no sense. And so the person says, well, if I'd like to come in and see you, I'll, I'll give you a call. And that's why I always say you're left there thinking you might have liked me. So the very best calls have a warm greeting, slows the patient down, and, and it helps you to start to grab hold and then go right into rapport. Gosh, I'm wondering yeah. if there's somebody that we could thank for telling you about our office. I don't care what they say. I was walking by. I saw your website. You know, uh, a friend told me you acknowledge whatever that was. You saw our website. Fantastic. Lots of people see our website and give us a call. I'm so glad that you did, too. Now, let me get a little bit of information here because I want to be able to answer your question correctly. You know what I mean? And then engage this yeah. person. So some offices want to get a phone number right away. I am a big fan of that. Could I get a callback number? And and I like them. Get the person's name, you know, and, yeah. and then because a lot of times people start asking questions and they never say who they are. 
And then you yeah. can't use their name in the conversation until you're trying to get all the patient information to make the appointment. And so now you might've been talking to this person for three or four minutes and you finally say, um, so tell me your name, which is very yeah, awkward. Exactly. It's very yeah, awkward. Yeah. So, and what I would say to them is, you know, um, you know, my name is so-and-so, but can you tell me your name again? Uh, my name is Larry Gazzardo. Well, okay, just don't worry about the Gazzardo yet. Right now, <laughs> yeah. that's not important. Just get the Larry, you know, because yeah. that's what's important because you want to be able to say, Larry, it's great talking with you, Larry. We love talking yeah. to people whose name is Larry, but they, because my name is a little bit more difficult for a lot of people. So it's always like, you know, I go, my name is Larry Gazzardo. Spell it. You know, they don't even yeah, use yeah. a full <laughs> sentence like, could you yeah, spell yeah. your last yeah. name for me, please? But my point is, don't worry about the last name right now. You got Larry. We'll get the last name later when we need it. Because then I have to always go through this whole, you know, Gazzardo, Bajardo, Grizzardo, Grizzard, <laughs> Guzzard. You know, uh, with, with my with, with my last name being Mulcahy, I, I I can really uh, identify with, with with you with that. So. And and we're not no, the I, only I, ones. You know, there's it's, yeah, it used yeah. to be like everybody was Smith and Jones and Brown, but it's not like that anymore. And so I yep. see right in the beginning, people are kind of arguing with the patient, you know, and <laughs> dealing with more yeah. people who have accents. And so it's just like just get their first name, you know, and yeah. then later on when you really need it, say, Larry, could you do me a favor and spell your last name for me? But you don't need to do it right away. Start the start the phone call off. If I could just give you some steps that I know everybody could follow right away, start the phone call and make it interesting. Greet them, develop rapport, and then start to uh, engage with them, you know, by you asking questions. So even when you develop rapport, if you've noticed, I'm asking them a question, hey, how'd you find out about us? We'd like to thank that person. Now I'm asking the questions. And so now I control this conversation. When, I think when that's great. controls it, they're asking all kinds of cockamamie questions and you go out of your mind and you hang up the phone thinking, woo, that was a lunatic. But that's <laughs> yeah, our brain yeah. again. That's our brain again, trying to make us feel good about not converting the call. I like it. I like it. I, I, I think that's a great, I think that's a great takeaway and, and, and a good way to kind of leave it, you know, as, as far as, okay, when I'm listening, when I'm talking to, to my staff, you know, what can I expect? What should I expect? And at the very least, it, you know, following that formula is going to make them more successful um, than they were yesterday. So, so I think that's wonderful. So, I think the last thing I, I kind of want to ask you or, or, or kind of want you to, to share with us is something that I, I, I think is nice because I, I think it can provide some motivation. I mean, you know, that we're, we're talking about issues. We're talking about the importance of, of answering the phone and training the staff. And, oh, my goodness, it, there's a lot of things. It seems overwhelming. Can you just share, you know, a success story that really stands out to you? um with it with a dental practice that you know really can give them some motivation to say if they go through the time and effort to 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 train their staff or, or get more involved in this they can get a much better result i mean can, does anything stand out to you? you you know what somebody does um when you say this and and obviously i'm not going to mention names but you know this person and it, it was an individual who came to me um actually was was bankrupt at the time 
And so mm-hmm. it's interesting to me, like when people kind of go through that process, they it's like, well, if I got to spend money, I guess I do. But when you don't have any money, I guess spending money sounds okay. Because the people that are listening are probably thinking, what do you mean he was bankrupt? Well, I did, he, the, the office was bankrupt and he, he needed help. And, and, you know, I agreed that, you know, I, I will work with him. And, and I did. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I helped him with was obviously getting his website. So uh, I, I felt bad at the time. It's like, you know, Bill, I have somebody I want you to help, but he probably can't pay you. Um, yeah. But he did. He scraped up the money. He scraped up the money. Yeah. Uh, he did. He did hire me. Great guy. Great guy. And and he hired, you know, dental revenue as well. And but here's the difference. In one year, he increased his productivity one hundred and twenty one thousand dollars. And for yep. him, for him, that represented and this was in from 2016 to 2017. And it represented almost a 17 percent increase in uh, productivity. You know, so this was back in 16, not 17, where everybody, you know, did really, really well, you know? Yeah. This is back in 16 to to 17. And so his productivity went up almost 17%. But better than that, his new patients went from four new patients a month to 12. And obviously, that made a significant difference in the number. uh, And I attribute that to his website, along with good skills of converting callers, because he did start getting more calls, but we had to convert them as well. But my point is, is that he was getting the call. He wasn't even getting them before. And so he went from four to 12. And so that was a 200% increase in the number of new patients. And so some people might realize, well, even 12, geez, Larry, that doesn't really sound like many new patients. But the reality is in when you have good processes in your office, good systems for phone skills, for scheduling, um, for how you examine your patient, uh, for your consultation process, you know, that whole kind of patient experience, it promotes more comprehensive care. And so you don't have to deal with as many patients as you did in the past. So this this dentist was able to um, see eight more patients per month than the previous year, but increased his overall productivity about $12,000 a month on, on yeah. those new patients. So it was a big difference, you know, seeing eight more than he was the, the previous year. So to me, that and, was an enormous success story because he was, this guy was really down in the dumps and was thinking he, he was just had to give up dentistry. No, I, I, you know, I, I, obviously we know, I, I know who you're, you're referring to and, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you used that story because it's, it's a feel good story because it, it, it shows you just by making some changes, even if you're in a position of weakness right now, things can really turn around quickly if you implement the right strategy, if you get the right team, teammates and, and, and really get people around you, whether they're the staff members or, or partners that care about you in the practice. And, and I think that's the important takeaway. And, and this has all been really great stuff, Larry. And, you know, I'm sure the listener has got a lot out of this call. It's been, you know, we've been, been exploring some really cool topics here, really cool um, parts of this topic. Um, now, if our editing goes well. Uh, our listeners will be seeing the link to your website, the all-star website. We're also going to provide uh, the phone number on the website and your email address. 
but can you, you know, just speak a little bit about how the best way to get a hold of you would be if, if people had more questions about what they've heard today or even just want to explore the, the option of potentially working with you? Well, if if you recall, um, I said earlier that, you know, I'm willing to talk to anybody who's willing to talk to me. So if anybody wanted to talk to me about anything that we've just discussed today, I am I am more than happy to follow up you know, with those questions and speak to them personally, or uh, they can contact me through my website and they can send me a question. Um, I'm more than happy to do that. If if somebody's just interested in what Larry Gazzardo does in consulting, um, it, it, same thing, if, if you wanna just send me an email or, or give me a call, um, I'll gladly set up some time to talk to you about what I do and and because I'd like to learn more about, you know, your particular instances and that way I could tell you how I'd go about it and if that seems appropriate for you then um, you know we could take the next steps but I don't want listeners today feeling like they have to feel obligated if they want to ask me a question if they have a question about something I've said today um, all they have to say is I heard your podcast and I have a follow-up and and I don't want them to feel obligated please ask away um, but I'm always willing to talk to anybody uh, as far as all-star goes uh, really, the, the best way is, again, if you go to my website, there's a tab there that says All-Star Dental Academy and click it. Uh, we have little webinars like this that that we put on that introduce the All-Star concept uh, to you. And, and really, one of the best ways to learn about how All-Star operates is to enroll in one of those webinars and, yeah. and, and watch it for yourself. And if you like what you see, then you could give us a call and we'll be happy to get you enrolled. But really, it'll take you through a demonstration of the whole process. And and like I said, if you if you like what you see, then we're we're happy to talk to you about it and get it enrolled. But enrolling in one of those webinars, uh, and you can get there right from my site. Uh, just click All Star uh, Dental Academy. If you want to go to the All Star site, you're certainly welcome to do that. Um, and then you can go to the All Star Dental Academy dot com. And 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 guys, I'll I'll just add to this if you have a question for Larry and you're kind of shy about reaching out to him directly, you can certainly uh, send me an email or give me a, and give me a call and I'll make sure that I, I forward it to Larry and maybe we can start, start it from that. I think with both Larry and I, we've been in this industry long enough. We've dealt with enough um, uh, practices long enough. We just want to get good information out to practices that want to do better. So, if, if maybe you're not ready to, to send him an email or, or call him directly and you want to do it through me, please uh, feel free and I'll make sure that that, that, that happens. So um, th thanks again, Larry. I really, really appreciate this and that. You, you, you are definitely welcome and, and uh, not to have any seamless promotion here, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time we do this. Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been great. Um, all right, so, so this concludes the first episode of Dental, Dental Revenue Live. Um, you know, again, I want to thank you, Larry, for being the first interviewee and everyone that helped put this together, um, specifically Nicole Bonin, who works on, on our team here. She's really helped me through this, this whole process. Um, I want to most of all thank uh, you, the listener. Uh, you took a lot of time to listen to this call and join this podcast. Uh, and we really hope that you got got something out of it. Um, our next episode uh, will premiere 
in February, and we've already booked our guest and identified a topic. Uh, Dr. Kathy Sinclair, who's a dentist in Virginia Beach and an AACD board member, will join us to discuss the trials of opening a new dental practice. Uh, the episode itself will be called When Shit Hits the Fans, The Story of a Dental Startup. Um, so, so, guys, thank you so much again. Uh, thank you for joining us today, and we wish you the best of success with your practice, and may this year be your best year. Thank you.